Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is Ruben Gonzalez, a winter Olympian who competed in four different decades in the luge event. You'll hear him talk about the multiple obstacles he's overcome to become the man he is today. In today's episode, we'll also talk about his new book, The Shortcuts, The Fastest Way to Achieve Your Goals. Welcome to Lifeology. Hey, James. Good to be here. I am looking forward to this. I, I think it was Steph and Kevin Mason who connected us. They were on my show years ago. They have a great show in Columbus. Uh, but yeah, so I'm really glad to meet you. It was an honor to, to speak to someone who's competed for four different decades in the luge. How does that feel to, to accomplish so much specifically in that? I pinch myself. I, I was yeah. always the last kid picked for PE in school. I'm um, not super fast or super strong and always had the Olympic dream, but it was a pipe dream because yeah. I didn't believe it was possible. And when I was 21, I see Scott Hamilton win the gold medal in figure skating. And in my mind, Olympians were, you know, superheroes, yeah. right? They were bigger than life. When I saw Scott Hamilton, five feet tall, I thought if that little guy can win, <laughs> I can at least play. And so he gave me hope. And I went to Lake Placid at 21. At first, they wouldn't take me. I said, you're too old, man. You, I've always yeah. been too old. But um, I, I went, learned it, and four years and a few broken bones later, I made the Calgary mm. Olympics, and I got to play with the big boys four times. Wow. Um, I'm 60 years old. Uh, I have a brand-new sled, sliding better than ever, and uh, uh, trying to make the next one. If I make the next one, I'll be the oldest Winter Olympian in history. That is uh, amazing. Breaking a 100-year-old record. Wow, I'm yeah. so hopeful for you. Now, at 21 years old, yeah, that, that's, quote, older. So if you hadn't really been, um, been training for that, how do you train for that, for the luge? Well, uh, you go to the tracks, obviously. You don't go to the Olympic Training Center. You go to the cities. It's a little bit more like a Formula One circuit, right, okay. where you go where the tracks are. It's a little traveling circus. And uh, you take three or four runs in the morning. Coaches stand where everybody's having challenges. You debrief at the bottom with your, uh, with your coach. And then uh, lunch at the hotel. Go back for another session, three or four more. And then we watch videos, right? We deconstruct the videos, try to figure out, you know, how to make it better tomorrow. And uh, about an hour of sled work in the evening, and then you do it again. And mm. uh, you don't—you never spend more than two weeks at a single track because at that point you start getting bored. Your mind starts oh, getting bored. You start making—you know—you get overconfident, start making stupid mistakes, and get hurt. And so by by uh, going to different tracks every two weeks, you're always increasing, right? You're always improving. Mm -hmm. that, that change keeps you sharp. And you come back to that first track and be faster. 
You know, actually, when I say all this, I know what the luge is, but there may be a lot of people who don't know what that is. I know. So why don't you walk us through specifically what the luge is so people are like, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. Maybe it didn't have a name. Sure. Sure. If you've seen Cool, cool Runnings, uh, the Jamaican <laughs> bobsledders, uh, we, 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 we slide down the same track. Uh, there's three sliding sports in the Olympics. There's bobsled, skeleton, which is head first, mm-hmm. and luge, where you're laying down and going feet first. Um, ours is, they say ours is the fastest, but it's only a couple of miles an hour, maybe five miles an hour faster. Mm-hmm. But we account for 70% of the injuries because everything mm-hmm. in the luge is counterintuitive. Uh, it's the only sport time to the one one thousandth of a second in, in the oh, Olympics, wow. winter or summer. So everything counts. Uh, you're breathing, everything. You, we, uh, it's, if you weren't anal before, uh, you become anal yeah, <laughs> for sure. a few years in the sport. Now, is it a single sport or is it a, a team sport? There's singles. Uh, I do the singles. Uh, there's doubles. Two guys on the sled. Uh, they're each doing half of the driving. Only the top guy can see. So the top guy's giving the bottom guy shoulder signals, tell him when to oh steer gosh. so oh. they can steer in concert. Uh, they're just adding women's doubles this, uh, this uh, next Olympics in Milan. And uh, there's a team sport as well. Uh, and where there's uh, a singles, a doubles, and, uh, and a couple of uh, uh, singles ladies, singles men. And then the doubles team, and it's a relay. Where at the bottom, mm-hmm. as you're crossing the the finish line, you hit this pad, and that opens up the gate up at the top. It's really cool. It's oh, it's, that's really cool. it's it's a great TV sport. Yeah, I bet. It's looks- a lot of fun. Huh? <laughs> it looks like it. It's a blast to do. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, then, um, how fast do you end up going? 80, 90 miles an hour. You pull six Gs on some of the curves. Uh, not at every track, but but you do. And so uh, your head's hanging off the end of the sled. And so um, you, you need strong neck, strong lower back mm-hmm. because the start is basically, it's, it's like a deadlift, right? It's a horizontal deadlift to shoot you forward. And then we have spikes on our fingertips. We used to build up speed, paddle, build up speed before curve one. And so the beginning is real high energy, lots of power, right? And then you lay down, you have to be as calm and relaxed as you can. Uh, if you watch super slow, uh, slow-mo pictures of uh, videos of, of the top, top guys, you can see ripples going over their body because they're totally relaxed. They're not, really? and that makes you faster. Yeah. Relaxed wow. is faster in any sport. That, I think that's, that's really synonymous with, with life, you know, when, when life happens, because it happens to all of us, to find that stillness in the moment. So here you are flying down, all this is happening, and such chaos around you. And then to be able to find that stillness, how, how were you able to do that? Since I got started so late, and um, uh, they actually had to cram ten years of loose training into just two years, oh, so I got hurt a lot, and um, and so I was always scared. I white knuckled it for twenty five years, and on the on the road to my uh, last Olympics, which was uh, Vancouver, twenty ten, uh, my coach he says, "Man, I can't. You've been sliding for twenty five years. I can't believe you're still scared. What's going on in your head?" Mm-hmm. And he said, and I said, man, as I see those walls going faster and faster, I get tighter and tighter. I can't believe I can even steer at the bottom of the track. Yeah. By then, I'm stiff like a board. And he said, man, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Those, stop looking at those walls. They're just scaring you. Put on blinders. Pretend you're a horse with blinders. Mm. Focus on a spot 30 feet in front of you. And your thinking needs to be, what do I need to do in every section of every curve to ensure I'll have the best time? Because it's, see, uh, they could clock you at the fastest speed, but if you crash at the bottom, you yeah. lose the race. It's not yeah. about the speed. It's about the time, right? And so that night, I did about 100 mind runs, right? Visualization runs, mm-hmm. and blinders on. The next day, I, on my next run, the fear disappeared. Hmm. And it uh, didn't reduce in intensity. It completely disappeared. Changing the, the focus changed the whole experience. So uh, as a speaker, I've been speaking professionally for 
20, yeah. 20 almost 22 years now, uh, I do lots of sales kickoffs because my background was copier sales. Mm. And uh, so I tell the story to, to salespeople. I says, look, don't focus on the economy, okay? The economy is the same for everybody, uh, whether it's good or bad. Uh, you need to focus on what you need to do in the next 10, 15 minutes. Who do you need to call? Maybe it's a follow-up call. Maybe it's just a relationship call. Whatever it is to move you forward, your business forward. Don't watch the news. Don't read the newspapers, right? Because that's just negative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If they scare you or they make you mad, the ratings go up. But it's not good for business. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it's a, so it's the same concept, right? What, what are you going to focus on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it also comes down to you can focus on what you the things you can control or things you cannot control. You can't control the walls, but you can control where your focus is. And I think that's it's a really good reminder for all of us. You know, um, people who go through multiple you know things in life, it's it's easy to get lost in the, the weeds of the loss as opposed to, as I said, the proactive things that one can do. Right. Right. Absolutely. I want to transition to your book, The Shortcut: The Fastest Way to Achieve Your Goals. How did that book come about? I had written five books, and they were all how-to books, right? Mm-hmm. Nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And last year, I did my first TED Talk, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called "The Power of Following the Leader," uh, because I was always, I was always very tenacious. My my superpower was uh, I don't quit. I'm perseverant. My high school nickname was Bulldog for that reason, right? The kids just started calling me that, and uh, and that helped me in the luge, right? When I decided, when I saw Scott Hamilton and decided, mm-hmm. hey, I want to go to the Olympics. I looked at the list of the summer sports. I thought, forget it. You got to be Superman to do any of that stuff. Then I started looking at the winter sports, and I thought, hey, I need to put together a, a plan that fits my strength, right? So mm-hmm. I picked the luge because I thought it looks like a lot of broken bones, <laughs> maybe be a lot of quitters. I just won't quit, right? <laughs> and perseverance will stand out. Yeah. But that that bulldogness made me very uncoachable and made me a hard mm-hmm. hit. In fact, my, one of my first coaches, uh, he, my first coach, he says, your nickname, you, you really weren't Bulldog, okay? That was the wrong nickname because you were half Bulldog and half Mule. I mean, if you would just <laughs> listened to me <laughs> the first time I taught you stuff, yeah. you wouldn't have gotten hurt nearly as much. And so I, I, I made this talk about the power of just letting go, right? Mm-hmm. Once you find somebody that's done what you want to do, right, a coach, mentor, mm-hmm. somebody that's done it, not a theorist, and if you trust them, then just let go and you know, follow, follow the leader, right? Take, yeah. take their advice. It's the fastest way to reach your goals. And golly, in less than a year, that, that TED talk got a million views. So I thought, yeah. wow, maybe I'm not the only mule out there, right? Maybe there's a few more hardheads. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wrote this book and it's a parable book uh-huh. and uh, about, uh, about a young exec who's, uh, you know, he thinks he's get God's gift to business, but he won't listen to it. VP of sales and he's about to lose his job. And so that's the, the, the shortcut and mm. he needs to get over himself, you know, and, uh, and just follow the leader yeah. and then everything starts changing. So I won't do anything without following the leader. Now. I mean, yeah. I, a few years ago, I always wanted to run the, the bulls in Spain. Well, before I went and I did, I've done it twice, but before I went, I read three books about Pamplona, right? Mm-hmm. Pamplona, Spain, mm-hmm. that's the town where it's at. Then I called one of the, one of the, um, uh, authors who'd run it for about 20 years and i asked him for some coaching right give me some tips man i I want the experience but i don't want any extra holes in my body he just gave me a handful of simple things i never would have thought of that potentially will save my life right (laughs) so that's just my my you know uh my way now just find the leader and 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 you know take the shortcut yeah and i think it's also that could be applicable to many things so if i want more joy in my life well who do i know that has 
a lot of joy. How, you know, so let me just talk to them. How do you do that? How do you find that joy? You know, someone's more financially astute than I am. Well, let me talk to them about what they do. So it doesn't have to be someone that, in my opinion, doesn't have to be someone who's like on the mountaintop all the time or someone who's um, just this incredibly successful person, but just look for the attributes that you want, personal attributes you want to work on talk to them and figure it out because they're clearly better than I am. So why not get to know that yeah. and understand that more so they can teach me how to do it. Yeah. You know, when, um, when I was a kid, my dad always preached, you know, the books you, you read and the people you hang around with. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he said, you want to hang around winners, people that are already done what you want to do. Yeah. People that are doing things that they don't whine and you become like the people you associate with. Yeah, you right. Because you just pick up their habits. And so, um, well, the best diet in the world is hanging around skinny people, right? <laughs> I mean, if you want to, you know, if you want to build some muscle, hang around some muscly people, right? Yeah. You'll pick up their habits. And, and whenever I talk about this stuff, I always get pushback, you know? Oh, well, I, they're so busy. I don't want to impose. And I, I, I have to, I don't know, kind of change their frame, right? Uh, at how they're looking at it. I say, look, you know how people always say uh, oh, he's so, he's successful, but he's not happy or she's successful, but she's, you know, she's not fulfilled. She's always looking for something else. Well, the reason is it's because success is not the gold medal. Everybody yeah. thinks it's the gold medal, but it's not. It's a silver medal, yeah, right? True. The gold medal is called significance. Mm -hmm. That means you helped somebody else succeed, right? Yeah. You, you created a ripple. You made a difference and that makes you feel good inside. That fills that hole in your heart. And so as long as your attitude is, I'm going to do whatever they tell me I need to do to reach that goal, then I owe it to them to yeah. call them because I'll help them get the gold. They'll help me get the silver. And who knows, I might make a new friend. Yes. So that's basically what I, I see you nodding big time, right? Yeah. It, because that's what you do. That's what yeah. we both do, right? Yeah. We're just kind of passing the torch of, of, of success to other people. And I, it makes us feel good. I read where um, Harry Firestone, um, Henry Ford, and Thomas Edison all had summer homes together. And so it's fantastic to me because <laughs> I would love to be part of those conversations. But it's interesting because like sharpens like. And so you want to surround yourself with individuals who are leveling up and doing things. Now, when you look at your friend group right now, I'm sure they're wonderful people. But if you're the smartest person in your group, or if you are the most successful person in your group, you're only going to go as great as that group is because you're not learning and growing. There's what's called in psychology, we have what's called the law of the group. The law of the group basically means you become the sum of the average of the people with whom you associate. So let's say, Ruben, you come in at a level eight of positivity and I come in at a level four of positivity. Well, you, if you're not careful, you're going to decrease yours to a six, but I will increase to a six. And so that's why it's really important to say if you are once again the most successful person, success, those of you can't see me, my hands are in quote, in quote quotations. Uh, if you're the most successful person, then unfortunately, you're not going to grow. So it's always looking to level up. And the people who are already up there, as they maintain their level and their awareness, then they will continue to rise is because they're giving back. So the difference is, is that when you hang out with people who aren't aware of this, and yes, everybody becomes the sum of that. But when you hang out with people who are going places, the synergy, in other words, the energy that they create, you get sucked up into that and you level up as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, you know, I've, I've known that forever but i really like the way you explained it i'm a chemistry biology double major and, and you and so you threw in the math and so if you can graph it i love it <laughs> so thanks but yeah the, there's actually a book about those guys uh you know Lindbergh oh. and uh edison and and uh, harry firestone and you know gosh you live in florida i'm sure you've been yeah. to the to the place where they lived yes. right i mean i've i love edison and all the things he's done you know he uh he would work on one thing uh for 90 minutes and then mm. he'd take a break. He, he had a little pond in his back and he'd go, he liked fish. That's where, he, you know, that's mm. where he, 
he, he got a lot of ideas and uh, and then he'd come back and he'd work on maybe the same project or another project but for 90 minutes uh, we homeschool our kids and uh, ever since they were little I would tell them look uh, here's the deal you give me a 90 minute chunk no interruptions at all don't even wave at me uh, through, mm -hmm. through through the door okay and then you got me for 30 minutes we can play a game we can go play catch mm -hmm. whatever you want to do 30 minutes and then we'll do another one and so if I if I could get whenever a little if I could get four of these 90 minute you know, oh, uninterrupted sure, yeah. chunks of time. I, I get a lot of work done. Yeah. Six hours right there. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Six hours of solid, right? Yes. I mean, no checking emails. Uh, it's a little known fact, but Edison, he never checked his emails during his, this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he just had wasn't, didn't have it then, but <laughs> I was like, oh, it wasn't ready. But, <laughs> it's like, I was waiting for that, but I was like, I don't know if I should say that. Anyway. What? Wait a minute. What? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, that's it's it's a good point. I mean, I think that we have so many distractions in our life, you know. And so I know for me, I have to be very mindful of that because um we all do lots of things, but for me, I know if I'm if I get distraction distracted, then all of a sudden it takes away from my creativity. So for me, I have to and for many people do, I have set times of where will I check my email? I check it at this time and this time, and that's the only time I check it. And so from there, then I will respond in kind as needed. And then I'll wait to the next round because I have too many things to do because one of my favorite quotes is divided waters lose force. And so if I'm doing multiple things mm. at once, the force of my energy, the force of my commitment, the force of my um, concentration is decreased or is limited significantly because I'm not able to focus on just specifically one thing. Most people don't realize that only less than 2% of people can actually multitask. I'm sure people listening right now are like, oh, I can multitask. There's a difference when it comes to what true multitasking is, is where you can, for example, speak another language and then write in English. That is actually multitasking. And so that's the actual part where there's difference between you're actually uh, walking and chewing gum. That's not multitasking. So it's the ability to take your, your brain <laughs> and split it in a way where you're effective in both ways, 100% effective. And so that's what, how they kind of measured was, um, um, measured it was just how efficient are you in doing both tasks at once versus doing them together. And so that's one thing, like I said, divided waters lose force. So the more focused you are specifically in one thing, the more you will be able to be successful right. in that one thing. And then you can do the next thing. Right. You know, uh, uh, my, my third Olympics was Salt Lake city and I was 39 and had been 10 years since my last Olympics. And I walk in the Olympic village and I felt just like a dad mm. uh, visiting his kids in college because everybody else was in their twenties. And to make it worse, everybody would ask me the same question. You know, what are you coaching? And I said, no, I'm, I'm competing. I'm an athlete. And they look at me up and down and they said, no, come on. What are you? They didn't even believe me. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> and so, so then after that, I, uh, I quit for about seven years. I got the itch again, started training. When I made Vancouver, I was 47. Everybody thought I was coach's dad, right? <laughs> but by then, the other coaches are like, do it for the old guys, right? <laughs> That's awesome. And so, so if I make this next one, um, I'll be 63. Mm. And, but I'm, I'm sliding better than ever. I am uh -huh. finally let, got myself yeah. out of the way. And, and, and I've gotten to the point where if coach says, shave your head, wear a lipstick, that'll make you go faster, no, done, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, I'll just do it. And so my, my, my learning curve has just shot up. and um, it's funny, coach said, look, uh, you're sliding better than ever, right? Your driving is really good uh, for you, right? <laughs> Let's qualify that. <laughs> At your initial pull, you're strong like a bull. So uh, you're strong, so you're not going to get much stronger at your age. But paddling, right? When you're paddling, you have to get really down and, and exert mm -hmm. force on the ice to move yourself forward. He says, man, you've been sitting at a desk writing books so long that you're all stiff. We got to open up those hips. So no more weight lifting for you. You can mm -hmm. do calisthenics if you want. 
but you got to do yoga and we're going to yeah. stretch you out so you can, you know, and if we can gain one mile an hour before curve one, you got a you got a shot. And, mm. and I, and I told him, don't tell me that number that you're thinking in your head. Okay. Cause that'll just screw me up. Right. Yeah. Cause if I don't do anything, cause people say, you know, you, you have to think, is it possible? Okay. Don't, don't focus on, is it probable, man? It was never probable that I would make it to the Olympics, but if you, you control the probability by how much you commit, right? Mm -hmm. if, if you give it everything you got, then there's no regrets, right? And and uh, you got a better shot. Wow. But if you try to coast, man, no way. Yeah. Well, we only have a couple more seconds here, but how is it for you to, uh, how is your self-esteem when you come into these places and see all these, these young young kids, if you will, how is it for you to, what self-talk do you use to, to really bolster your confidence? <laughs> I, you know, at, at first, um, when I first started competing internationally, I, f I had imposter syndrome. I mm -hmm. thought cause I hadn't mm -hmm. paid the price. Mm -hmm. And I'm all of a sudden I'm in this room with all these champions. It's like, you just got your, your driver's permit, your 16 year old kid, you got your driver's permit. They put you in this room and, 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 and you're about to race uh, Indy 500. And there's all these great, you know, racers around. I couldn't even talk to them. Mm -hmm. And the Germans who totally dominate the sport, they wouldn't give me the time of day. Right. <laughs> because I hadn't paid the price. Yeah. And it wasn't until two years after my first Olympics, um, I'm walking down the track and one of the Germans, uh, he goes, um, Gonzalez, hey, speedy Gonzalez. Hey, come <laughs> hope you have a good day. And I got pissed. I thought, man, what's wrong with you guys? I've been nice yeah. to you for years. And, and, and now I'm speedy Gonzalez. He goes, come, we must talk to you. And the whole team came down with the coaches and everything. And they says, we have four tracks in a, in a country, the size of Texas. We've been training some of us since we were five years old and finally we were best in our region. Then best, we made the national team. Ten men get to make the national mm, team. Yeah. And then we made the Olympic team. Only three men. And, but there's so many great losers coming in behind us. We'll be lucky to make two. But you know what we're going to do afterwards? We're going we're gonna to coach for the rest of our lives because we dedicate our lives to maintain this dynasty mm -hmm. that we have, right? And we're sick and tired of people seeing, uh, you know, uh, they come, they do one Olympics, they disappear. Mm. And, um, you know, what we call them, I said, no, what Olympic tourist always with their little camera, <laughs> but right. this is two years, two years after your first Olympics, obviously you're trying to make the Alperville Olympics, yeah. whether you make it or not, doesn't matter to me. Well, doesn't matter to us. Right. Mm. German's telling me, uh, what matters to us is you're respecting the sport. Mm. And so today you have earned our respect. And wow. man, that's my gold medal. I, I, I'm covered yeah. with goosebumps now. I'm just telling you that. Yeah. And, and I read that you're a pianist. And, and, I, I, and that didn't just happen. Yeah. I'm sure you got your 10,000 hours in. <laughs> yes. And yeah. so, uh, uh, when you think of kids that do a couple of years and quit, you know, you probably, yeah. you know, but when you meet somebody that paid the price, yes. you have a, you know, you, yeah. you can relate, right. Yeah. You earned, you earned the respect. That's really important as far as paying the price. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are wonderful, talented people out there, but it's, I think the dedication, the tenacity and the drive, I think that's what sets that apart from other people. And some people may be more talented than others, but as you said, that, that tenacity, or I can use that word, but it's that, that drive that really connects people because once you pay your dues, then you are, you can teach other people. But when you don't and you're like, oh, it becomes, sometimes people become entitled or they can become, you know, just overly inflated with their egos and there's nothing, really, there's no substance when it comes to that. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, both, of, both of our kids have done piano for, for 12 years. And, nice. uh, uh, and my, my son, our son, he's, uh, he's, he's going to A&M and then he's, um, in uh, engineering. And oh, but wow. he says, you know what, if, uh, he, he wants to be a mechanical engineer and then he wants to transfer uh, into the air force Academy and, and huh. finish up here. 
but um no music is very and, is very is very um mathematical too <laughs> so that's good yeah and he she told me that and, and it and it uses both sides of your brain mm-hmm. and uh he says you know what um i i would have just as much like to have gotten a music major because i love yeah. music but uh it just doesn't pay no it does not pay <laughs> well you just keep no, but you can still, you got that for the rest of your life. Yeah, you can you jam with your friends and yeah. have a good time. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, our time is up. Without, time literally flew by. We could, you and I could really talk for hours. <laughs> River Gonzalez, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today. If my viewers and listeners want to find out more information about you, uh, to learn all the things you do, to have you be keynote speaker for them, and to purchase your book, The Shortcut, The Fastest Way to Achieve Your Goals, where are the final list information? Uh, if you go to the shortcut, book.com the shortcut book.com uh, that's just a page in my website and so from there you can you can actually watch that that ted talk that was that 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 you know that Jake, the book came from that from that talk and you can go into the website and see a bunch of other stuff it's good good stuff so shortcutbook.com awesome my viewers and listeners also know that if you can't find this information any other place simply go to the show notes at james miller and i'll connect you with ruben gonzalez and once again his book the shortcuts the fastest way to achieve your goals thank you so much for being a fantastic guest today Oh, I loved it. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.